This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Friday afternoon, July 1st, 2022. The long weekend is here. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour presented by the Village of Bedford Park. I'm Rob Hart. An optical business with several Chicago area locations has added two more. We'll cover that in our next segment, but right now, a Federal Reserve tracker indicates the U.S. economy is likely in a recession. We're joined by David Jones, the chairman of DMJ Advisors in Denver, Colorado, and author of the book Understanding Central Banking. David, thanks for joining us today. This is called the Nowcast, and it is operated by the Atlanta Fed. Explain how the Nowcast works. Well, the Atlanta Fed takes every piece of economic information and plugs it into a GDP forecasting model that's very helpful and reasonably accurate. Uh, I would put main emphasis on that second quarter revision now, which shows a negative 1% growth, uh, according to the Atlanta Fed. Um, I put a lot more emphasis on how much weakness we've seen in the second quarter of this year as captured by the Atlanta Fed than I would on the first quarter. The first quarter was somewhat unusual. The main drag on the economy there was from the trade side, and that was because we were recovering faster than the rest of the world. Our imports were up a lot, but exports were weaker. But I think the news on the second quarter is uh, really chilling. Housing weaker, retail sales weaker, consumer sentiment weaker, uh, and an energy policy that is uh, completely misguided by the Biden administration that keeps energy prices high. The uh, consensus going into this, especially when it came to the uh, interest rate hikes, was that someone had to slam the uh, brakes on the economy to get inflation under control. With all of these metrics showing that the economy is slowing down, uh, can we count on uh, the rate of inflation slowing down as well, uh, given the fact that we have a number of indicators that uh, inflation either has peaked, plateaued, or maybe on the way down? Well, I think we do have to note that uh, we may have seen the peak in that consumer price index at 8.6% year-over-year in May, but I would be very cautious about how much we can bring that inflation rate down uh, with the misguided Biden energy policy, and uh, we might be lucky to get inflation below 7% by the end of the year, and Chairman Powell was on a recent panel in which he said we must accept the greater risk of recession to bring down inflation. That says to me rate hikes are going to continue through the rest of the year from the Fed. And um, 
And that may not be enough to get inflation down to where the Fed wants it, even by the end of the year. And then very quickly, David, the numbers may say we're in a recession, but if you go to the airport or if you look at the employment figures, uh, that, you know, it's, it's, it's a very busy weekend. People are spending, people are traveling, and uh, the pace of layoffs hasn't picked up. So is this a case of uh, what if they held a recession and nobody noticed? Well, that's you've said it perfectly, better than I could say it. Um, the employment side is still very strong, um, and that and and that means we're at worst on the brink of a recession. Uh, but with the job market as strong as it is, and people willing to take that summer vacation and maybe even barbecue in the backyard, despite higher prices for everything, uh, it suggests we're on the br- we might be on the brink of a recession, but we're not in one yet. David Jones, chairman of DMJ Advisors based in Denver, Colorado, author of the book Understanding Central Banking. Coming up, Big City Optical, expanding its footprint in the Chicago area. Loaning useful information each weekday. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. They started five years ago, and now Big City Optical is continuing its expansion in the Chicago area. You hear the commercials on WBBM. We're joined now by Michael Kogelis, co-founder and CEO of Big City Optical with locations throughout Chicago. Mike, thanks for joining us today. Um, let's talk about your growth journey through the Chicago area. You know, what uh, in your mind, you know, once you take the risk and open that first shop five years ago, uh, what's the big reason for your success and, and continued growth? Thanks for having us on, Rob. Um, I would say that we felt that there was an opportunity to serve the great neighborhoods of Chicago with um, really best-in-class optical services. And, you know, we thought that people want convenience. And, you know, you can order things online and do all that great stuff, but at the same time, People like to walk in their neighborhood, step into a store, try on some glasses, ask some questions, and get an exam. And so as we started to expand from one store to now 16 stores, we found that we have the same clients that maybe started with us in Pilsen, and they now live in a different neighborhood, and they're happy to see that we're still nearby, and they can still get the same great service as they did the first time they came and visited us. And then what? where does Big City Optical fit inside the uh, kind of eyewear spectrum from the one shop that may have one or two optometrists uh, to the big national chains to also the uh, the services that allow you to uh, get your prescriptions, uh, your, your prescription glasses uh, uh, online? So uh, I, what we say at our company, one of our company mottos is, offering services to clients how, where, and when they want to buy their glasses, get their exams. And so what we believe is we are part of that ecosystem. When a client comes in and and they say, look, I want to get an exam and I'm going to take it online to buy glasses, of course, we would love for them to stay with us. But if we don't earn that business and they still want to shop online, we help them with the tools in order to do that. Um, when, you know, if a client comes in and they just have questions and, and you know, that's all that, that we end up helping them with, we're happy to plant that seed for the future. So, you know, we believe that, that clients make the ultimate decision and that the more choices available ultimately leads to a better uh, ecosystem for the world of optometry and specifically retail optical chains. 
What is your busy season uh, as far as glasses are concerned? Is it uh, heading into summer or is it at the very end of the year uh, as people need to spend those, uh, the, the flex spending dollars they may have from some sort of plan? You know, there are, depending on, on the client, there are a number of different marks throughout the year that we try to hit. Um, right now, we're heading into summer, and so people are coming in looking for sunglasses, which we offer. Towards the end of the summer, families will be sending their kids back to school, so we offer back-to-school exams. And then, of course, uh, the busiest, absolute busiest time of the year is end-of-year clients wanting to use up their benefits, use up their flex spending, um, and uh, get it done before December 31st. So, you know, we're heading into a fairly busy season through the rest of this year. Um, but, you know, even at the beginning of the year, there's different moments when people uh, decide they need some assistance with their, their eye health. Michael Kogelis, co-founder and CEO of Big City Optical, locations throughout the Chicagoland area. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next, a look at why gold isn't exactly glittering these days. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Many who thought gold would shine in these current economic and market conditions are not seeing that happening. We welcome in Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, and MarketWatch.com based in Washington. Mark, thanks for joining us today. You know, in the last uh, economic recovery, uh, in the years following the Great Recession, it was also a very uh, busy time for gold, and uh, it was seen as the uh, hedge against inflation and a falling dollar. What's happening now? Well, it turns out what's happening, A, is that gold is uh, plummeting, or it, uh, at least not gone up, as you'd expect. It's actually gone down depending on where you look back to, but it's not done very well. And uh, my argument is that we shouldn't be surprised by that. And the reason is that if you look back through history, gold's relationship to inflation is anything uh, but uh, you know, straightforward. You'd think that they would rise and fall more or less in lockstep with each other. That's the stereotype. That's the narrative that people on Wall Street will have and gold people in particular. But historically, gold has fluctuated wildly relative to inflation. So what we're seeing right now is hardly a surprise. Now, is the uh, the population of uh, gold bugs in the investing community, is it a, uh, a fixed group of people that have a, 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 the kind of a, a similar overarching philosophy, or are there people who come in and go out uh, based on market conditions? Well, it's a great question, and the answer is both. It turns out there's a group of, uh, you know, it's, I think it's a fairly sizable group of very diehard de- devotees of gold, and they're going to stay with gold through thick and thin. Um, so they're, they're not really going to change their ranks that much, depending on what gold is doing. But there are a lot greater group of investors who are uh, going to jump in or jump out of gold, depending on whatever narrative is capturing their uh, you know, attention at any given time. And so uh, so the, a lot of people came into gold earlier this year on the on the narrative that has superficial plausibility that it should go up uh, if inflation heats up. They were right about the inflation heating up. They just were wrong about uh, gold participating. So there's a lot of people coming in or out of the gold market depending on uh, external conditions. Is it possible that also uh, a lot of people who were into cryptocurrency uh, this time around might have been gold bugs a decade ago? That's a great question because a lot of people are trying to explain gold's uh, you know mediocre or worse performance by saying, well, it's because 
people who otherwise would have come into gold put their money into cryptocurrency. But the problem with that argument is that uh, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies have fallen even more than gold has. So it's not like cryptocurrency has been the beneficiary of all that inflow of money looking as a hedge to inflation. Both have ended up doing poorly. And it's hard to tell a story as to why both of those, which are presumably the inflation hedges out there, why both of them would be doing so poorly. Mark Hulbert, investment columnist for The Wall Street Journal, Barron's and MarketWatch.com, based in Washington. Thanks for joining us. Still ahead in this Entrepreneur Friday, we'll look at a Chicago beverage maker that provides a non-alcoholic alternative to enjoy with meals. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This is Chicago's all-news station, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. A suspect is in custody after a Chicago police officer was wounded in a shooting on the near west side this morning. Holiday weekend travel will likely be impacted by flight delays and cancellations. It's Entrepreneur Friday on the Noon Business Hour, and we're featuring a Chicago area beverage maker that offers a different choice. And a new survey shows an increasing number of Americans are turning to side gigs to help keep their bills paid. WBBM Business, the markets are mixed now. The Dow has turned positive, but not by much, up just a fraction. The NASDAQ is down 36. The S&P 500 is down 4. We have 76 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies, going up to 83 today. Uh, More clouds than sun and rather humid as well. It's 1231, and topping our news at the half hour, a Chicago police officer is undergoing surgery after being shot while responding to a domestic disturbance on the near west side around 8.30 this morning. Chicago Police Superintendent David Brown says the wounded officer is a 15-year veteran of the department. We do have an offender in custody. We have recovered a gun. Our officer is in serious condition with multiple gunshot wounds. Superintendent Brown says the wounded officer and others had just gotten out of the elevator of a building in the 1300 block of West Taylor when the gunman started shooting. The other officers did not return fire. There could be many travel woes over the holiday weekend, including flight delays and cancellations. AAA predicts around 48 million people will be on the go for the 4th of July this year. So far, more than 20,000 flights have been delayed this week, and gas prices are close to record highs. This is CBS News Senior Travel Travel advisor Peter Greenberg. Airlines have been canceling flights since the beginning of the week. Part of that is preemptive, trying to lessen the blows. But the reality is they're still flying an unrealistic schedule that they cannot support because they don't have the staff. Greenberg says that mid-September is when travel will likely become much easier after the usual seasonal drop-off in the number of people flying. It's 12.32. The noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Stocks are trading lower on this first day of the month. Actually, now the Dow has just turned positive, up 22 points. Joining us to discuss market activity is Matt Shapiro, president of MWS Capital, based in Chicago. Matt, thanks for joining us today. Uh, What can we expect for the rest of this trading day before a long holiday weekend? Well, um, I think you hit it. We're just turning positive. There was actually quite a bit of 
positive trends for the major things that everyone's fixated on in this market in terms of manufacturing activity, what will the Fed do, inflation this week. So even though we had another down week, you know, uh, for six months for the record books, probably worst start for investments, essentially on record when you include fixed income. Um, a lot of good news that the Fed probably will potentially be able to create a soft landing, um, a manufacturing report that was relatively weak. Weakness and softness is actually positive for the markets nowadays. Yeah, you don't have to be a Nobel Prize winning economist to say that this has been one of the worst years for stocks uh, in several decades. Uh, as far as the S&P 500 is concerned, it was the worst uh, first half of a year since 1970. Uh, should you be frightened by those headlines or uh, or is this just simply a, a case of uh, the market turning over after a, a low interest rate period? Well, it's both of that. So, yes, there's a hangover from this 10 years of low interest rates and actually uh, an economy where prices were always lagging. That was, in a sense, a problem that we had in that slow growth recovery period from the financial crisis. Now we've flipped after the pandemic to sort of a demand economy. And, and I'd have to say, yes, there's a little bit of a hangover. But also, I think people need to recognize that things are a lot better than the markets indicate. You know, when the pandemic hit, 20 million people were out of a job. During the financial crisis, 10 million people were out of a job. And of course, you know, bankruptcies and foreclosures and things like that. None of that is actually happening now. We've had a bout of high prices, but yesterday, positively, the Fed's favorite inflation measure, which is called this PCE price deflator, 4.7%. Now that's hotter than they want, but it's not totally out of control. So I think people need to recognize the emergency that happened in the economy over the past two years. The market did come back. We're having another sort of hangover, maybe almost a little bit of fatalism that's maybe gotten entrenched in this, this poor sentiment. But over time, that will go away. And right now, stocks are at the best valuations in a long time. And there's uh, there, there are also some indications that uh, gas prices uh, could be coming down relatively soon. If you look at the uh, futures markets for uh, reformu very, you know, reformulated gasoline, uh, there's you know, che you know cheaper prices at the pump around the way. I mean, it's still above $4 a gallon, but it could be $3 in some parts of the country. And after the last two months we've had, that could be a welcome sight. Absolutely. Um, uh, I've seen those same uh, uh, metrics, Rob, um, where um, gasoline inventories are building. People are being more careful about the gas. And there's, you know, eventually they will provide enough gas and oil production out there. So, you know, the trends that have gotten everyone so nervous are improving. Um, I would say that we may actually nominally, technically be in a soft, quote unquote, technical recession, i.e. flat growth. But of course, there's still strong employment and everyone's doing pretty well. Um, so most of that's really priced in. So if we have a little bit of an improvement in sentiment, obviously, you've seen the news. Uh, I think a lot of people about Facebook 
where, you know, these technology companies that are down so much, they're working hard to slow down hiring and to put some bigger earnings numbers on the bottom line. And I think that's honestly going to be positive over the next six months. Matt Shapiro, president MWS Capital based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Up next on this Entrepreneur Friday, we'll look at a Chicago-made non-alcoholic beverage that provides an alternative to accompany your meals. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. A female-owned sparkling botanical beverage brand made here in Chicago is offering something different to enjoy with brunch or dinner. Joining us now is Candice Crane, founder and CEO of Petals Sparkling Botanicals based in Chicago. Candice, thank you for joining us today. And uh, tell us a little bit just about the uh, mocktail space before uh, describing your business. You know, what, what are mocktails and why are they so appealing? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I'm so happy to be here. You know, um, the Sober Curious movement is our people that are looking to cut back on their daily intake or weekly intake on on alcohol. Um, Coming out of the pandemic, I think people are looking for, you know, alternatives. So where Petal has actually been praised as being an alternative to the spike seltzers. And um, a mocktail is basically a cocktail without the the alcohol. And so Petal has these unique, beautiful flavors like elderberry white tea and rose and peach marigold basil and strawberry lemongrass dandelion. And they make beautiful refreshments. And instead of drinking, you know, too much much alcohol in a cocktail, you could uh, drink a Petal instead. I actually like to use Petal as, um, something to pace my night so I could start with a cocktail and then switch over to pedal and drink that. And then, you know, voila, you don't have a hangover the next day. And, and what was your, uh, your journey to pedal? Um, you know, what, what, what was your kind of aha moment as far as uh, these flavors were concerned and as far as botanicals were concerned? Yeah, I was born in South Africa and raised in Chicago. And so in South Africa, we kind of honor tea time every afternoon. And my whole life, I've been making my own herbal teas. And and um, about five years ago, I was following the trends of botanicals and floral flavors emerging in food and beverage. And I was really inspired by some craft sodas on the market, but they had high fructose corn syrup and 20 to 40 grams of sugar. And so I simply looked at my two daughters one day and I thought I could deliver and I can create an organic certified low sugar sparkling beverage that really takes these ancient elixirs and, and herbal ingredients that have been known for centuries around the world to make a delicious beverage. And it sounds like this is a, a product that uh, can cater to uh, two types of people. I mean, obviously, the people who either never drank in the first place, used to drink and stopped, or yeah. they are also, uh, like you said, um, you know, we're, we're just uh, ain't as good as we once was, as Toby Keith once yeah. said about uh, our ability to bounce back the day after yeah. a night out. And uh, as you said, this is a way to uh, space things out uh, without hurting the next day. Exactly. Exactly. And is that the type of feedback you're getting? Absolutely. I almost get an email every day for, from our, our community saying, thank you for creating Petal. I've been able to kick my wine habit. And I pour a glass of Petal, our, your lychee rose, into a glass, uh, into a wine glass every night, and I sip my Petal. So thank you for creating it. And um, that has been just so incredible to really cater, to make something that has really 
been a part of people's positive shifts in their daily lives. Have you also noticed that maybe more people are uh, are discovering pedal uh, as they kind of uh, taper off from some bad habits they developed during the, the early days of the pandemic where it's like, well, we, we don't have anything to do. Let's just uh, sit at home and make cocktails yeah. or drink wine. And that turned into a daily thing. And, and they were kind of disturbed by that. So now they're backing off. Yes, exactly. So we say like our consumers, like the retired sugar indulger, someone who used to drink lots of sugary sodas, and Petal only has two to three grams of organic agave, so 10 to 15 calories per can. But then, of course, it's for the wellness warrior who's already really healthy and, you know, trying to eliminate bad ingredients, whether it be alcohol or um, sugar from their day-to-day lives. And then, yeah, you know, it's Petal is an experience from the artwork on the can to the aromas, to the color of the liquid, to the taste. Um, it really gives our community an experiential, um, you know, an experience to create your own cocktails or mocktails. Um, a really fun summer mocktail we made the other day, we blended some strawberry and peaches together with ice put it in a glass and then topped it with some petal and you know you can garnish it with a fun herb like mint or basil or rosemary and um it's been it's been our our go-to summer drink that I can enjoy with my little kids too. Candice Crane, founder and CEO of Petals Sparkling Botanicals based in Chicago, the website drinkpetal.com. Up next we'll examine the growth in the number of Americans doing side jobs. Information to make cash and save cash. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Great Resignation has been coupled with an increasing number of people across the country now relying on side gigs to help pay their daily living expenses. Here to give us more insight is Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago, the website todiscern.com. Rick, thanks for joining us today. Is the side hustle of 2022 similar to the side hustle of 2019? That is to say, uh, uh, your side hustle is uh, driving an Uber or delivering food? Not necessarily. Um, what we had pri- prior to COVID was uh, many people who were looking at their work opportunities and seeking another way to give them more flexibility in their life and still replace the income. And, and Uber certainly at that point or, or any of the others uh, provided that. What's happened though post-COVID, or I can't say post-COVID, but as we as we go through this last three years is People have adapted to the idea of not being at work. Many of them have decided, given the, the, the burdens of working and their ability to, to not work, to move away from traditional work. And at the same time, you have this uptick on, in the huge need for talent, both full-time and part-time, and skill sets that are going away. You can look at things like the trades, and uh, you can't find anybody. You can't find a line cook. You can't find a plumber. You can't find an electrician. You can't find a carpenter. On the on the more traditional business side for the white-collar worker, there's lots of operational work, uh, coding, programming, uh, project management, those sorts of things where you can do that on a part-time basis and not be committed to a full-time job. And uh, very quickly, uh, has everyone's uh, comfort level with uh, working from home kind of opened up the possibilities of uh, what a side hustle can be uh, in the last three years? Yeah, it has. And I think that some of this has been thrust upon people because they have not been able to stay in the position that they were in. And But I think as, as more people do it, you know, there's the early adopters who take something on. And then as more, as more and more people see that working, they also uh, attempt the same sort of process.
Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm Two Discern, based in Chicago, the website twodiscern.com. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's noon business hour, we'll have the replay podcast available shortly at wbbmnewsradio.com and the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.